You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. I'm going to begin today's episode with a quote. The man who believes he can do something is probably right. And so is the man who believes he can not. That one is marked anonymous. If you know who created that quote, send me a note. Love to know. Welcome to episode number 233, folks. And my guest today is sharing the history of the Jackson Hole Snow Devils. I have the great privilege to speak with my friend Jeff Toulson, whose family has been a part of the Snow Devils and the World Championship Hill Climb for decades. All of the folks who volunteer their time to organize and execute a world-class event are to be commended. These are the folks who carry on the tradition of gathering as a community and lifting up a community by helping others. The Snow Devils have been giving back $1.2 million to this community, and it is still climbing. The Jackson Hole Snow Devils are to be commended for the generosity which they contribute right back to our community. And trust me, when you hear about what's been going on over there at Snow King over the past 46th, 47th hill climb, you will be absolutely amazed. Jeff, thanks for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. It's delightful to talk to you, even though I don't get to see you. Yeah. Well, we do get to see each other, though. Yeah. So before we get into this, I think it's important for me to share how we're talking to each other and why we're in the situation that we're in. We're separated by a wall. <laughs> and the reason we are not in the same room is because every time I have done an in-person interview, I've messed up the audio. So this is the best way to ensure that we have actually good audio for your interview today for the Jackson Hole Snow Devils. I like it. <laughs> you got to love technology. I can figure some of it out. Well, that's, that's more important than not being able to figure any of it out. That's for sure. That's true. That's true. And so we are here talking about Jeff Toulson because you drew the shortest straw in the stack of where they didn't provide any straws to talk about the snow devils. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I didn't even have the chance to pull a straw. I just kind of got handed this. So. You were voluntold. Voluntold. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you've been a snow devil for a few years. Just a few. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 41. So, uh, 41 years. I've been a snow devil for 41 years. So you got your membership to the snow devils before you got your VIP membership at the liquor store. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think I got the VIP membership when I was 16. Oh, oh no. Right. I mean, I mean, 21, 21, right when I turned 21. Well, it could have been 16 drinking age back then. No, it was, uh, no, it was uh, Yeah, no. People will start doing the math on that and we'll both be in trouble. Oh, we don't want to get in trouble. And you got teenage kids, so we don't need to exactly. in the wrong direction. Exactly. Teenagers, you can't teenagers. drink alcohol right now. No alcohol. Don't buy it. Teenagers. Don't buy it, teenagers. Anybody don't under 21, it. don't do it. So 
you were born here in Jackson? I was born and raised in Jackson. No uh, kidding. Yes. All yes. right. One of the few left. There used to be a bunch of us, but now there's fewer and fewer of us. When you say us, does that mean the Toolsons? I think no. Well, yeah, yeah. No, we can do that. We could do that. Uh, yeah, my 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 sister doesn't live here anymore. My mom and dad don't live here anymore. They all live in Star Valley now. Okay. But when I say us, I just, I think about you know where the kids that I went to school with and mm-hmm. and uh, and there's there's a handful of them that are still here, but a lot of them are are not anymore. So you married uh, one, didn't you? I did marry one. Yes, I did. That's how you kept one of them around. That's how we kept one of them around. Exactly. Exactly. Or she kept you around. Yeah. Well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, and how far back does your family go to being here in the Valley? So I'm going to, I'm going to guess that it was 1970 when my, well, no, I'm a backtrack there. My mom was born here. So, you know, the Tulson name didn't show up until uh 1979 but you know my mom was born here i think even her mom was born here oh Um, really so yeah yeah it goes back a long way so we've got a little bit of we got a little bit of clark that's what my my mother's maiden name is and the and then the toolson side you know they came from they came from casper in the 70s and and my dad graduated high school here i think he moved here when he was a junior or senior and that's where they, you know, mom and dad met was in high school. And my grandfather was actually moved here to work for Mountain Bell, which was the now CenturyLink. Um, so the old, you know, telephone line, copper infrastructure that's running around Jackson. He worked for Mountain Bell and my dad also worked for Mountain Bell. They moved, they had him move to Green River. My mom, they moved to Green River and and he worked for Mountain Bell down there. And then they they transferred back, moved him back up here in uh, uh, 1984. My grandpa quit or retired from Mountain Bell and started Toolson Telephone. And a few years after that, my dad quit Mountain Bell and came to work for, for my grandpa. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. It's quite the deal. So we've been here for a long time. They probably weren't laying Cat 5 wire and 1984 were there was there was no such thing as cat five wire matter of fact when i when i get i get to talking to my dad about about what we you know are doing these days it's up and over the top of his head (laughs) some people say why don't you just get your dad to come down and help you in the summer and i say well because i had to retrain him all over again (laughs) that would be a funny short that would be training your dad yes i don't know if i want to be part of that anymore when they say old dogs can't learn new tricks, that might be one of them. That is exactly what they're talking about right there. Yes. So you were born into the Snow Devils to be a part of that because, what, your parents were a big part of the Jackson Hole Snow Devils? They were, yeah. So they've, you know, they've been members for, for a long time. I mean, probably probably when they moved back from Green River, so around, you know, 1980 or so. They've been members of the Snow Devils and, you know, my, my dad sat on the board for a while and then was president for a while. And, and up until a few years ago, he would, he would make the drive from his winter home in Salome, Arizona, just to stand on the starting line at the hill climb to, to turn the racers loose. So 
Huh. Yeah. He was he was in it. He's in it a little harder than than I would have ever imagined him being, but you know, to make that fourteen hour drive each direction to come hang out with us, it was uh it was it was pretty cool. Pretty cool deal. Well it shows his commitment to that organization and what it meant to him. Absolutely. And maybe we can just take from this that his golf game's gotten a little better in the last two years and he <laughs> He doesn't want to give that up for a snowy drive into Wyoming. You can't blame the guy on that one. No, absolutely not. No, no. And the Snow Devils existed before your parents joined. Do you know the history of the Snow Devils as to why it started, how it got together? You know, I mean, there was there was just a group of people, and the Snow Devils is, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know what year the Snow Devils came into existence, but... There was a group of people in 1975, I believe, that uh, that decided they wanted to race their snowmobiles up Snow King Mountain, and so that's kind of how the how the hill climb started. But the Snow Devils were intact uh, before that, you know, and and I don't think it's anything what it is now, you know. And I think we're maybe talking 20 or 30 people that got together and you know did a did a club ride every once in a while or a chili cook out cookout or you know did something fun with the families while it was while there was snow on the ground but i don't think it was you know who, whoever put this club together i'm pretty sure didn't have aspirations of it being what what it has turned out to be and what has it turned out to be well it turned out to be a couple of years ago we had we had over 400 club members Woo, that's a big club um, it is it is a big club it is a big club and it was, it's a, it's a cool deal. You don't, you know, we're primarily a snowmobile club, but, but you don't have to, you don't have to have a snowmobile to be part of our club. The, the amount of money that, that we give away is what kind of draws people in. You know, you get, you get those types of people that want to be part of groups that they give back to the community and give back to people in need and they'll, they'll crawl, crawl right in there and, and give you a hand at, at your events or, or help you know, sell raffle tickets or whatever and, and kind of a pretty cool deal. It's a pretty cool deal. Do you have an idea of, say, over the past number of years, how much money the Snow Devils has provided back to the community? I do. So, you know, Heidi, was, Heidi prompted you. She gave you a sheet of paper. Heidi's, Heidi's in Miami right now. So oh, okay. she has no idea that this is even happening. <laughs> she will soon. <laughs> she will soon. She will soon. So... We're up over $1.2 million right now on donations back to the community. And that is, that's probably since 2000, eh, around, probably around the year 2000, I would think is when, when that we started giving enough money away to kind of keep track of who we were giving it to and how much we were giving away. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure that this all started out with, uh, with a donation to St. John's hospital where they, they kind of set a goal for, you know, for the next five years, we're going to donate a hundred thousand dollars over those five years. And that kind of spiraled, not out of control. I should say it snowballed. It just got bigger. So once we met that goal, then more people started paying attention and, and, and offering us ways that we could raise money. And there was a, there's a group out of Utah called the Zebros and the Zebros came to us one year and said, Hey, we want to give you one of our old mod sleds, which if you follow the zebras or know who they are, getting one of their mod sleds is, was quite the deal. 
I mean, it, it's a custom built snowmobile from the ground up and they weren't racing it anymore. So they, they gave it to us and we raffled it off. And I think we raised, you know, $15,000 that year. And so we were able to, you know, give a bunch of money to the Shriners hospital. The next year they came to us with a little bit of a newer snowmobile and we raised another good amount of money. And the year after that, you know, it was a brand new snowmobile hmm. and it's, it's gotten, it's gotten crazy now to where last year at the, at the bottom of the hill during hill climb on one day, we had the Shriners down there and I think they sold about $15,000 worth of tickets in one day. Oh, bananas. That's yeah. a lot of tickets. It is a lot of tickets. It is a lot of tickets. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's cool. It's, it's cool to be part of it and cool to, to watch the money get donated to these people that need it. Yeah. yeah for, so, for sure. Yeah. The generosity of the snow devils is remarkable and it feels as though that you have an event that was created and around that event is it's, it's more of a method to, to raise the money for absolutely. what the purpose of the snow devils is. Yeah, absolutely. It might look like it's a, it's a huge fundraiser, but we want it to be two things as the snow devils. We want it to be, you know, the best snowmobile race that anybody's ever watched, um, in person or, or on their computer you know, on our live stream. And so there's, you know, there's, there's a lot to it with the, with the fundraising side of things, but the, the, one of the, the biggest part of it is definitely to make it the best race for the spectators and for the racers that show up to run their sleds up that hill. So it, yeah, it is a, it's a great, it's a great event to, to raise money. And, you know, whenever you see a, a Shriner walking around in that goofy looking hat, your wallet starts jumping out of your pocket. And, <laughs> and so it's a, it's a, it's a good thing. You know, you get a little bit of beer in people and their spending habits get a little bit more generous. So it's, it's good. It's a good, it's a good place to, to have fundraising like that. Now let's go back to the beginnings of the hill climb if we can. Okay. You said okay. that there was in the seventies, a group of people who decided they wanted to race their snowmobiles, up uh, snoking. Right. And so nowadays it's not a, it's easy for those snowmobiles to get it up there. It's not a big deal. It's easy for the snowmobiles to get up there, but to keep somebody attached to them is a whole nother story. <laughs> but what was it like in 75 when they were running snowmobiles up there? It had to have been a different, different show. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I wish I would have been able to see it, but it's, if you, if you look, if you look back at videos and there are videos, I mean, these guys were, these guys were making it maybe halfway up the mountain <laughs> and, you know, and, and basically getting a high mark, which is, you know, as high as you get on the hill, um, within the gates. And, and that's how, that's how they were, they were winning it t until like the early eighties, I think maybe mid eighties was the first time somebody took a snowmobile, you know, over the top. So yeah, back in, back in there, those days, you know, they were, they were on snowmobiles that came from the local John Deere or Articat dealer with, you know, metal cleats on their tracks and just trying to get a under horse powered snowmobile as high as they could up on that mountain. Now, when the first person made it up over the top, did he have a modified snowmobile or he had just one right off the floor? No, it was definitely a modified snowmobile. So, you know, I mean, in, in 75, they were, 
they were doing what, you know, what they could do. And then people start getting into it and they start modifying their stuff just to climb this, this mountain. And, um, like a moonshiner, like a moonshiner. Exactly. (laughs) Modify the car. Yep. Yep. Got to make it go a little faster. Yeah. So that was a modified snowmobile that went over the top. And now I'm going to really go out on a limb here and say 1993 was the first stock snowmobile that went through the lights. Um, so he broke the, he broke the timing lights, local guy, Tom Roby didn't get credit for being the first stock snowmobile over the mountain because he didn't go over the top, but he did break the timing lights, which are below the top. And so I think the first stock snowmobile over the top was a guy named Mark Thompson in 96 or 97. And that was a stock skidoo right from the dealer, you know, snowmobile that, that went over the top. And from there. It's crazy. We've had our first woman over the top. We've had our second and third woman over the top. We've had, you know, 17 year old kids that are racing semi-pro go over the top. What's the youngest that somebody has been to go over the top? I think, boy, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember the, there was a young kid that came off of the Rimshaw circuit, which is kind of a, that's the snowmobile circuit that runs throughout the winter. And, and we, we pull riders from that circuit to come race this. I'm, I'm thinking it was probably 17 years old, probably 17 or 18 years old running semi-pro. And, um, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but I can see his face, but anyway, 17 years old, probably was our, probably our youngest over the top. And when you're talking about running these snowmobiles up this hill, can you describe it to me? Because I've skied the hill and I know what it, skiing it's like. So describe it as what this racer is experiencing, what they're seeing. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's a backwards ski slalom is what it is. So, you know, if if you're on skis in a slalom race, then you're coming down the hill in between your gates. And if you miss a gate, then you're kind of done, but you're, and you're going as fast as you can. And so that's what the hill climb is in reverse is you leave the bottom of the hill and we, there's a set of gates all the way up to wherever the timing lights are. And you have to be in between the gates and you just go as fast as you possibly can without wrecking your snowmobile and sending it down that mountain. And what's the angle as they're getting up? Steep. It's steep <laughs> as hell. I don't, I don't know what the angle is. I think that's 1500 vertical feet is from, is what is basically what the bottom of snow king is to the top. Yeah. It's that it's steep and it's, um, when you're going up to something that steep and trying to keep it, trying to keep your snowmobile in between the gates, it's not like a little frolic down the trail to, to granite hot springs. It's, <laughs> I raced forever and I think I've maybe combined, you know, from, from on qualifying, we only go to the first cat track and you got to be as fast as you possibly can. I mean, you're, you're tense hundreds of a second between racers. And so if you're, you know, a little bit slow in a corner that can, you know, that can make you be done for the weekend. You don't, you don't get qualified to run for the top. So, but it's, it's one of those things where you take a breath at the bottom and you, and you tell yourself to breathe, you know, and then all of a sudden you leave and you're at the first cat track and you're out of breath. Number one, because you didn't breathe. And number two, because you're holding onto the handlebars, like somebody's trying to rip you off of them. So a little bit of arm pump and a little bit out of breath, but one of the biggest adrenaline rushes that 
that I've ever experienced is riding a snowmobile up the side of that mountain. And, and I think that's, I think that's true with, with everybody that leaves the bottom of that hill on a snowmobile to go up it, (laughs) whether they, whether they only, you know, they only make it to gate 18 and they're, they're stuck or they get it clear over the top of the mountain. I think the, the amount of adrenaline is what, what drives some of these guys. Hmm. And gals. Just and snowmobile. gals. And gals. Exactly. Have you run your snowmobile up over the top? I have not been over the top. No. I've um I've been to what they call the second catwalk. Uh-huh. And at that point, you know, I've I've lost a snowmobile to the world famous catch net before. <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot easier to to uh get it to just get it unstuck out of the side of the mountain, you know, if you get stuck instead of sending it to the catch net, but, and, and much preferred on, on whoever's wallet it is that you're riding their snowmobile up there. And (laughs) if the snowmobile goes to the net, there's going to be some broken parts on it. Most likely. Oh, snaps. Yeah. Hey Jeff, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors. And then we're going to come talk more about the snow devils and the hill climb. Okay. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,662 tons of food waste are disposed of in the trash in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve the county's goal to reduce, aiming for zero waste. For more information on Teton County, ISWR's residential and commercial food waste programs, visit tetoncountywy.gov slash recycle. Change begins with each of us, one day at a time. Jeff, welcome back. You just spoke about how you made it to the second cat track in the hill climb. I'm curious to know for these racers, there's other hill climbs, aren't there? There are other hill climbs. Yeah. And is this like the cherry on top for people to come compete in? It is. Yeah. We, we call it the world championship. Damn straight. And, and we, uh, you know, that's, that's why we spend so much time making the race what it is. Cause you know, the experience for the racers alone, they absolutely love it. So there, there is another circuit rim shots of Rocky Mountain States Hill Climb Association, and they they kick off their season every January and have you know three or four racers races before Jackson, and then we have Jackson, and then they they you know depending on snow levels they'll try and do three or four more at, at other locations. So it's it's not necessarily you know Rimshaw has their points championship, but Rimshaw also kind of has a unlimited. Uh, number of entries that they can have where Jackson, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're on some time constraints. We've got it down to a science on how many snowmobiles we can final on Sunday. And so that kind of takes into account how many snowmobiles we can bring in to attempt to qualify. Um, so we don't get every rimshot racer here because their, their circuit is so big. So mm-hmm. they don't count, they don't get, they don't count Jackson as a points race. So you can kind of look at Jackson, like like an all-star game in the NBA in the middle of the season, right? MLB, where, you know, they go, you, you, know, you get all your, your big guys in one location and they do that for a weekend and then they move on to the rest of their season. So that's kind of what it, it compares to. A lot of people don't 
don't understand why they continue to race after Jackson, but that's why they have a points championship, you know, set up to where these guys accumulate points at all the races. And then at the end of the year, there's, there's, there's money and, and trophies for those points champions. Now, is there money for them to win here in Jackson? And where does that money come from? There's a lot of money for them to win in Jackson. Yeah. So we're, um, the money, the money, we're a hundred percent payback in Jackson. So that means, you know, a racer's entry, a pro racer's entry is $175. And so every bit of that $175 goes back into the, into the payout. And it depends on the amount of guys in a class that's going to, you know, kind of determine what the payout is. So if you, if you've got, you know, 40 guys in a class, then you take that $175 and multiply that. And that there's a pretty good pile of money in there. And we, we pay out our top five. So yeah, you can, uh, these bigger classes pay out a lot of money. Plus the snow devils every year, you know, with the help of our sponsors, our local sponsors, you know, like the liquor store and, and, uh, the marketplace. Can I do that? Can I plug your businesses, Stefan? Sure. <laughs> they There's have some bigger sponsors than, ja- <laughs> than the liquor store, Jackson, like uh, Clarings hotels yes. and snow yeah. king and yes all the all the manufacturers right polaris uh-huh. articat skidoo climb is a huge sponsor what is you climb know, climb is the is the the clothing oh okay the, the gear um all right they build snowmobile gear they build motorcycle gear and they're uh-huh. a huge sponsor you know th- even i mean we we get money from the from the jacksonville lodging tax uh, nice every, every year so you know huge that's huge absolutely so this so back on the money thing you know with all these sponsors the snow devils can can usually throw in another you know 25 grand into the into the pot so so these guys make money a lot of money you know it's for for the amount of time that they're, they spend on the hill right i mean you you figure you're a, a two-minute run to the to the top of snow king for for a combined 20 minutes of work, I mean, I've seen pay paydays of, you know, 30,000, $35,000. I wouldn't mind walking away with $35,000, but my guess is their snowmobile might cost a little bit more than that. The, yes. Yes. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I think some of these guys, you know, and, and some of your, some of your top guys are, are sponsored by, by the manufacturers and, and by all the aftermarket guys. So, you know. The snowmobile might be worth $35,000, but they probably don't have that into it. However, these guys travel <laughs> from a long ways away to get here, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then all their lodging and everything and, and the fuel to get here. So, you know, this is not a, it's not like winning the masters or anything where you walk away with a million or $2 million, but they, they make pretty good money on it. So it's good. And they probably understand what the snow devils is doing when you guys are raising you're putting on a great event a show but you're also raising money for the community and you know for people that need it and they're probably behind that absolutely they're absolutely behind it i mean there's we've we've got a this is just a a small bit of it but it's 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 cool uh the snow devils has a little cook tent that we have set up in the parking lot down kind of away from away from the public and and what that's for is to to feed our crew and to supply food for our vip tent and here a few years ago the racers kind of caught on to it and uh 
you know, they'll come by and, and grab a hamburger and they'll throw a hundred dollars in, in the tip bucket. And, you know, last year, I think, I think we got about $3,700 out of the, out of the racers for, you know, some hamburgers and breakfast burritos and maybe a couple of Gatorades, but, um, yeah, they, they're totally, they're totally into it. They, they know what, they know what we do. They know what we're about. And they're, I think every one of them is behind us on that. Now, are other hill climb events around the country doing what the Snow Devils is accomplishing here with raising money to give back to, say, the Shriners Hospital or the local hospital or some other organization or individual? Yeah. You know, I haven't, I can't say yes or no for sure on that, but there's a hill climb in Afton down there at Grover Park that, you know, the, the local snowmobile club down there puts on. And, and they make money and I don't know what they're, I don't know what they're donating to or, or, you know, that, but I can tell you this, there's not, you know, 8,500 people standing at the bottom of that mountain watching it. So, you know, I'm sure that they, I'm sure they make a little money and they can, they can do something with it, but they just don't have the venue that we have kind of had and, and been able to use for the last 46 years. Hmm. And what is the Snow Devils' goal this year? Do you guys have a goal? I think there's lots of goals. I think the <laughs> I think the main goal the main goal is to just put on another quality event and and get through it. And every year, it's it's just it's fun every year watching the amount of money that we get to give away. Now, you know that being said, stuff's getting more expensive. Things are things are getting more expensive to to put on the the hill climb itself. I mean, just the you know we got we got to pay for all of our video production and, and all the sound on the hill and everything like that. And so it's, it's getting, it's getting more expensive. So I think that that's, that's what we got to do is we got to, we got to put on a quality event that, that keeps, that continues to bring people in so that our donations can get bigger each year. But it's a tough one. Mother nature has everything to do with, with what our numbers are at the bottom of the hill. I mean, our racers are going to be there regardless, but if it's 10 below zero, and half the crowd doesn't show up and the half the crowd that does show up doesn't drink twice as much beer as the regular crowd would that showed hey. up, then, you know, our, our beer sales go down, but the gates, the gate sales go down and then, you know, your, your overall money-making goes down. And, and that's, what's, that's always the tough part, right? You get a bright, you get a good four days of sunshine and no rain, no snow. We could set records this year, but you just never know. And you guys have had a few years in the past where you couldn't have it because there wasn't enough snow. Exactly. Yeah. Not enough snow. We couldn't have it because of COVID a couple of years ago. Mm, yeah. I remember that um, one. Which was tough. But yeah, there's been two years, two years here lately that we, that we couldn't do it. Uh, I think 2016, we were low on snow and, you know, 2019 was the or 2020 was the COVID year. Yeah. And 2020. So you mentioned streaming. So for those of folks who want to be in front of their flat screen, pay for the streaming and donate money, they say the gate fee that they would pay if they were there. Yeah. How do they go about doing that? So the streaming is free, right? You just what? get on, get on the snowdevils.org website, snowdevils.org. And we'll have a link on there and you can watch the hill climb. 
but on the top of the page, there's a donate now button. So, you know, any bit of, any little bit of money we can, we can get is always helpful. We've charged for the streaming in the past, but the amount of people that complained to us, <laughs> it wasn't worth it. So, um, and it wasn't due, you know, you know, maybe a little bit of technical difficulties. Maybe our sound wasn't working quite right for five or 10 minutes, but. You know, I'm, I'm guessing that the majority of them were, were self-inflicted problems with their computer equipment. So we decided to just, you know, let this go. Like they didn't have their computer on? Like they didn't have their computer on. Like they forgot to turn it on before they, yeah. Hi, my wanted. computer doesn't work. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's free. The streaming is free. I know um, we play it at the store, at the liquor store on our screens. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a, it's quite the event. You know, we've got, we've got a, a awesome production crew that comes in and <laughs> it's funny. There used to be camera guys all over that hill, mm-hmm. you know, with these, with these massive cameras that, and that's a steep incline up there, right? So when you're standing on a hill and you're looking through the camera with one eye and your other eyes open because you're watching the snowmobile that's coming right towards you. That gets a little crazy for footing. So now these guys, these guys are running these cameras from the bottom of the hill. They're just set up there on a tripod and they're controlling them from the bottom of the hill. Huh? It's insane. And a lot, you know, there's, there's a lot less human life in danger <laughs> yeah. with just a camera sitting on a tripod. And you guys have some drones flying over? No drones. Okay. No, no drones. The, uh, well, the forest service, the forest service had a shutdown on drones, uh, okay. because that, that, you know, the, for people that don't know, the upper part of Snow King is Forest Service property. And the Forest Service said, you know, no drones, um, because when people fly drones, then other people fly drones without <laughs> asking. And we just don't want to have any drone crashes uh, over the top of that, over the top of our race. So Sounds it's, it's kind of just easier to just say no drones than have one drone flying through the air and somebody else goes and gets theirs out of their truck that they have and mm. pretty soon we got to go find out who's got the remote control for that one and yeah yeah just kind of uh um don't open that can of worms situation so what's that website again that people can go to to live stream and donate it is snowdevils.org snowdevils.org and and tell me about you you mentioned the the food that you guys have for VIPs and such. So I'm used to going to Jazz Fest in New Orleans, and there the food's just bomber. People die for the food. Right. What type of food can people look forward to at the hill climb? Because it sure does smell good. Yeah. So so the the one that I was talking about earlier is not really for the public uh, uh-huh. to come get, but we do have food vendors there. Uh, Pinky, Pinky G's will be there with their truck. We have a slice of pizza. The Elks Club give them a spot at the bottom of the hill so that they they cook cheese steaks every year. Uh-huh. And so you know the Elks Club is another. You know they're they're just another club like the Snow Devils that just gives back to the community. So where where we can give to to another club that does that, we we absolutely just roll out the carpet for them, let them have the space, and they go to making cheese steaks and and making some money. You're providing the space and the event for the. Elks to sell cheesesteaks. That's extremely talk about paying it forward and giving upon giving. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's just, that's just what, that's just what the snow devils is about. I mean, you can't, you can't mm. 
I can't say it enough. That's, that's what we do. That's mm-hmm. what we do. We give, we give back and we put on a hell of a hill climb. Yeah, you do bring a lot of people to town too. Exactly. Which is awesome. Hey, Jeff, I so appreciate you taking the time to do the, share all this information about the hill climb, the Jackson Hole Snow Devils hill climb and your, your family. Are you going to be dropping the flag for the first racer like your dad used to? Who does you know, that I'm not, I'm not, I've, I have, um, drawn another short straw in that to be the race director. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of in charge of keeping the race under control, making sure that the hill is safe, um, uh, making sure if we don't have, you know, we have any issues on the hill that we take care of them. So I wish I had that of that, uh, job of telling a racer to go ahead and go on up the hill, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a bigger scope than that, uh, what I've got going this year. So, you know, we, we got another guy that's going to tell him to leave, go ahead and go mm-hmm. up the hill, but not going to be George. He's going to be playing golf guaranteed. So, but no, I will be at the bottom of the hill, um, probably for the next week and a half <laughs> to put on our four day event. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then we'll just, we'll just go on from there. Well, I can't think of a better person connected to safety other than Jeff Toulson. I, I mean, when I hear safety, it's Jeff Toulson's <laughs> first name that pops into my head. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They definitely picked the right guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, cheers to a, another successful event for the snow devils how many, what year will this be of the hill climb so this is the 47th annual 47 yeah crazy it's crazy that's that's almost as old as me <laughs> it is it is as old as me it even got me by a few years yeah you're a little young guy that's good <laughs> jeff take care thanks for the information i appreciate this all right thanks for having me on you got it later To learn more about the Jackson Hole Snow Devils and the World Championship Hill Climb, visit thejacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 233. Thank you, Michael, for doing the editing of this podcast and marketing. Folks, if you want to have your own podcast, you can reach out to Michael Morey. His information is in the show notes. That's what Michael does. He helps people create podcasts and bring them to life thank you laura my life my love for supporting me and of course the boys lewis and william who give joy and surprises every day thank you folks for your time and i truly have enjoyed sharing my time with you today and i look forward to seeing you back right here for the next episode of the jackson hole connection